Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2, episode 179 of this podcast. Thank you for joining us as we continue with our study of June the 22nd to June the 28th, covering Alma uh, chapter 17 to 22, I will make an instrument of thee. And we're continuing with our study of my testimony can have a far-reaching influence as we continue through this experience of Ammon and Lamoni, this time moving into chapter 20 where we meet King Lamoni's father. It is interesting that at the start of this chapter, uh, Ammon is inspired uh, to go to the land of Madoni uh, to free his brother Aaron. I say it's interesting because we know originally King Lamoni desired that Ammon should go with him to the land of Nephi so that he could show him to his father. I think we often forget that the original plan of this journey uh, that Ammon and King Lamoni are on was to go to see King Lamoni's father. Uh, and the Lord um, inspires Ammon and therefore also King Lamoni to go a different way. And then they meet King Lamoni's father. Um, you know, you just consider uh, how it would have been if they had met King Lamoni in a different place. Did they have to meet at that specific place for, that, for a specific reason? Perhaps that King Lamoni's father was outside of his um, domain, if as you, as you like, or outside of his his, his own city anyway. Uh, and, you know, I think we have to consider that there is a way, there's a reason why the Lord does things in certain ways, even though sometimes it may seem like it's counterintuitive. Um, the Lord will always prepare the correct way. And I think that's an important lesson to take from this straight away. We then go on and we get to verse 8 uh, and we read that King Lamoni's father was the king over all the land. And what's interesting is if you look at the Noai from Book of Mormon Central, number 128, this seems to indicate a typical Mesoamerican political structure. Noel B. Reynolds noticed that the Lamanite government was a very different system than that of the Nephites, but he also commented it was more like the system that appears to have prevailed in ancient Mesoamerica. Um, so to have a king over kings was a very normal um situation to have that these net this network of subordinate kings would pledge a great an allegiance allegiance to the great king and it may refer to what the feast was perhaps it was a feast where king Lamoni should have been going to pay a tribute payment or or something like that um so we can understand that this is again um not just something that's fanciful or made up but actually it was based by archaeological and um historical evidence something which was a, a normal system that was con that was going on in this time in this land at this time in verse 10 uh, king Lamoni's father says whither art thou going with this nephite who is one of the children of a liar now i think this um points out a couple of things for me firstly just how entrenched the lamanite view of the nephites is that you know all nephites are basically liars that they've come from a liar and then all of them are liars George Reynolds and Jenny Matson-Sajodal said this, quote, Faulty memory bequeathed to the Lamanite children the wicked and abominable traditions of their fathers, which when repeated time and time again made it easy for wicked and ambitious rulers to lead them astray. We may imagine that with each telling, these unwritten memorials assumed greater and more evil proportions, and in this way every passing generation of Lamanites inherited more and more, which was but the invention of, of diseased and deprived hearts. Uh, thus again their imperfect traditions delivered a treacherous blow to the Lamanites, for they therein became victims of their own degraded beliefs. Close quote. So we know that uh, this was a false tradition, or at least it was a tradi tradition that was viewed incorrectly. 
um, because we have commented on this podcast just how, um, you know, they may feel justified in their views that the birthright and all the items um, related to Laban and Lemuel's birthright were stolen in the night by Nephi. And so, you know, I guess you, you could argue they have not necessarily a, 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 a true point, but there is a reason for, the, for their aspects. But what I like about this um, point as well is that it points out just how incredible this um, interaction then between Ammon and King Lamoni was. That first of all, King Lamoni listened to Ammon for a start, and then he offered Ammon one of his daughters to wife in within minutes or within hours of meeting each other. I mean, that just shows just kind of the character that Ammon must have had to overcome this generations-long entrenched belief that all Nephites are liars, uh, and so... And, and take things from the Lamanites. You know, he he literally offered his daughter as a wife to Ammon. So, you know, he must have had an impact on him uh, to change that mindset. We go on and, uh, you know, Lamoni tries to explain to his father what who, who Ammon is. Um, and he's not happy. And so he tells him to kill him, that King Lamoni should kill Ammon. And in verse 15, Lamoni says, I will not slay Ammon, neither will I return to the land of Ishmael, but I go to the land of Madoni that I may release the brethren of Ammon, for I know that they are just men and holy prophets of the true God. Now, let's not forget that we don't really know how long Ammon and King Lamoni have been in, in contact with each other. Um, you know, we know that it was a, a few days that Ammon was a servant of King, King Lamoni. Uh, we presume that serving happened pretty much the day after he agreed to be a servant for his life. So there's a few days there. We know this uh, conversion experience of Lamoni took a few days. So that's maybe six days. We don't know how long it took them to set up the church in the land of, um, of well, the land where they're at. <laughs> yeah, the land of Ishmael. So, you know, we, we have to presume that took a little while. But we're not talking much more than a month, probably, that, that these two have been in, in interaction with each other. That's just a, a prediction. But um, clearly he has, you know, we often forget that this is King Lamoni's father. Not only is it his father who he was raised by, born to and raised by, he also was given a kingdom from his father. He also is a tribute to his father. He is also a vassal king. So he has a lot of responsibilities to listen to this king. Um, and yet he's saying, no, <laughs> I'm not going to kill this person who I have, in the grand scheme of things in my life, only just met. You know, I believe he's a prophet. This conversion is clearly had a powerful effect on King Lamoni. George Reynolds and John Matson Shadodal also said, quote, His determination not to kill his best friend reveals to our senses the real change that had come to Lamoni's heart. He was willing to incur his father's wrath to protect the innocent. Before Ammon's visit, Lamoni exhibited all those qualities which mark the savage breast or which fixed a life without God. He was proud and haughty, cruel and overbearing, superstitious and irrational. His word was law, but now he was gentle and considerate, firm in keeping the commandments of God. Close quote. So clearly there's been a massive change. We know the story continues that King Lamoni says King Lamoni's father says, Right, well, you know, I'll kill I'll kill you then <laughs> which again is quite uh, drastic, I, I think, but you know, these are the Lamanites, they do things differently than the Nephites, and it's also, you know, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, and so they do different things differently there as well. He uh, goes forth to slay him, but Ammon gets in the way and defends him, and he uh, strikes the king. Now we know that in verse 23, when the king realises that he's, you know, lost Ammon, he says, If thou wilt spare me, I will grant unto thee whatsoever thou wilt ask, even to half the kingdom. Now, 
remember that. That's going to be an important point when we come to the final session on this um, study tomorrow. That he was willing to give up half of his kingdom for his life. He placed half his kingdom's value on his life. But uh, uh, Ammon, as we know, is wiser yet harmless, as we learnt um, a couple of days ago. And so he just says, no, I don't want the kingdom. I want you to spare Lamoni. Let him keep his kingdom. Let him, you know, do whatever he wishes um, in that land. And uh, let us go go in peace. And King Lamoni is obviously very impressed. Um, he, he sees a great love that this Nephite has for his son. And he says, because this is all thou hast desired, I, that I would release thy brethren and suffer that my, my son Lamoni should retain his kingdom. Behold, I will grant unto you that my son may retain his kingdom from this time forever, and I will govern him no more. This was not just a case of, okay, yeah, you can go on and, and things are as, as it were. He is changing the status that Lamoni has. He is no longer a, a vassal king. In fact, he is his own king now. Now, whilst, whilst that might seem to be quite a, a passing comment, that actually, if, if it is indeed the fact that it's changed from Lamoni paying tribute and being a vassal to his father, but in fact he is his own king and no one is above him, that is a dramatic shift in the leadership in, in that land. And so this has obviously had an impact on King Lamoni's father. Um, this testimony of Ammon, and, which has had an impact on King Lamoni, which has now had an impact on his father, uh, well, well, we'll see over the next day um, just how big an impact it has. Um, but I wonder what would have happened if Ammon had said, OK, fine, I'll take I'll take half your kingdom, including that part which King Lamoni is in and Madoni, which is where we're going. I'll get my brethren and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll leave you in peace. He could have very easily accomplished his goals with that offer from the King Lamoni, from King Lamoni's father. But no, once again, he decides that rather than taking the way which the world would probably have thought to take, because I'm sure that, you know, taking control of half the land, potentially the, the land that Lamoni and um, his brethren who are captive are in, he could have made a lot of changes. He could have established a church instantly across that land and the people would have had no choice. And King Lamoni's father would have gone away to his half of the kingdom, but we know for certain that there would have been feelings of resentment over time, particularly as well with the people in the land of, let's say, Ammon, that would have probably had to, you know, listen to the church and listen to the gospel. Perhaps they would have been more resentful knowing that this Nephite got this opportunity because they, because he basically um, threatened the, king, the king's life. Clyde J. Williams said this, quote, It is significant that it wasn't Ammon's strength or his ability to speak which had the greatest effect upon Lamoni's father. Rather, it was the great love Ammon showed for Lamoni, even being willing to defend him from physical harm, which so deeply affected Lamoni's father. Love has the effect of opening the hearts of individuals. In the Lord's instructions through the prophet Joseph Smith, we are taught that love is among those characteristics which qualify for one for work for teaching the gospel. The more we allow love to permeate our service to the Lord, the more successful our efforts will be. Close quote. A lot to take in there, and we'll pause it there. Um, but we'll, we'll conclude this week with the um, experience of Aaron going to King Lamoni's father, which is you know very similar, but has some very specific differences to King Lamoni's conversion. Uh, thank you for listening today. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Please share, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can email session at gmail.com for your feedback, or if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode, I'd love to hear from you there. And of course, there's the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me, which you can join, and there'll be lots of things to listen to and discuss there. Thank you for listening, and until we meet again. <laughs>